We need to understand that the most important thing that happens in this country is we have a very strong, dedicated, disciplined military, and not one that's woke, not one that goes by any criteria of diversity and equity. You know, our military is not an equal opportunity employer. This is the Daily Signal podcast for Thursday, September 7th. I'm Samantha Sherris, and that was Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama. Senator Tuberville joins us to discuss his efforts over the last few months pushing back against a Defense Department policy relating to abortion, his response to criticism that his actions are unprecedented, and much more. We'll get to our conversation right after this. Conservative women are problematic women. Why? Because we don't adhere to the agenda of the radical left. Every Thursday morning on the Problematic Women podcast, Kristen Eichammer, Lauren Evans, and me, Virginia Allen, are joined by other conservative women to break down the big issues and news you care about. Whether you're interested in hot takes and conversations on pop culture or what Congress is up to, Problematic Women has you covered. We sort through the news to keep you up to date on the issues that are of particular interest to conservative-leaning, that is, problematic women. Find Problematic Women wherever you like to listen to podcasts and follow the show on Instagram. I have the honor of welcoming Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama to today's episode of the Daily Signal podcast. Senator Tuberville, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you. So over the last few months, you have been pushing back against a Defense Department policy relating to abortion. As my colleague Rob Louie has previously written for The Daily Signal, you are currently blocking the promotions of more than 300 flag officers and military generals over objections to the Defense Department's new taxpayer-funded abortion policy. First and foremost, can you tell us a little bit about why you're against this policy and your efforts over the last couple of months? Yeah, thank you. Uh, Thanks for the question. You know, I'm on the Armed Services Committee, and I have an opportunity to sit and and listen to admirals and generals and secretaries of every facet of our military. Uh, And I'm a military brat. You know, my dad was in the military, uh, died on active duty, and... uh, so I, I very much believe in our military. I think it's probably the most important thing that we do here in our country. We need a strong military to deter uh, conflict. But uh, here's what happened. Uh, about a year ago, I got a briefing that uh, because Roe Wade went down, the Biden administration decided that, hey, we can't control what happens in the states, but we can control federal employees, one being the military. And so what they did is Uh, they sat down, gave us a brief that they were going to change the uh, abortion policy in the military, which we've had 35 years, by the way. No complaints. Uh, Joe Biden himself even voted for it uh, when he was in the Senate. But they didn't like it after Roe Wade. They wanted to change the military uh, policy, and they did it with a memo this time. It didn't go through Congress, uh, which it should. Uh, It's an illegal law or illegal policy that they passed down that now— uh, you can pretty much get an abortion at any time. Uh, your transportation will be paid for by the taxpayers of this country, which is illegal. 
uh, and I had a very short conversation with Secretary of Defense Austin and said, if you do this, I'm going to put a hold on your generals and admirals. It's an unlawful law. Uh, the people of Alabama and the other states don't get an opportunity to vote on this through their Senate senators or congressmen. And uh, so we're at this point. It's been going on seven months now. They're really complaining. We're up to, as you said, 300 generals and admirals. But uh, it's not affecting anything. Readiness is still there. We have people that were in those positions are still in those positions. Uh, it's the only power that you have as a minority senator. And we're in the minority as Republicans. Uh, we can put a hold on anything. Now, you got to remember this. I am not holding up nominations because they can do them one at a time. I'm holding up the opportunity for them to just say, listen, we, we want to do 300 at a time. That's not going to happen unless they change this policy back and then send it over to vote on, be voted on by the senators. And I wanted to get your thoughts on or your response to criticism from those who say what you're doing is is unprecedented. What is your response to that? Uh, I don't care what they say. You know, I'm, uh, I was an elected senator from the state of Alabama. Uh, again, if I was affecting readiness, uh, I do truly believe in our military and the things that we knew to be prepared. Uh, we're as prepared now as we were uh, last March when I started this. Uh, it's not affecting readiness at all. I've had, I've had uh, military personnel call me. I've had veterans. I had five, a letter from 5,000 veterans that said, we're all behind you, coach. Keep on doing this. Uh, we do not need a woke military. And that's one other thing I'm very concerned about is our military is becoming more woke every day. Uh, and uh, a lot of these people that have vetted uh, over the last four weeks after being on vacation, uh, we vetted uh, all 300, 311, I think it's up to now. Uh, and I'm very concerned about some of them. So uh, we need to understand that the most important thing that happens in this country is we have a very strong, dedicated, disciplined military and not one that's woke, not one that goes by any criteria of diversity and equity. You know, our military is not an equal opportunity employer. Okay. I don't care who you are. If you're the best, that's what you need to do. And your position in the military, we don't need to go by quotas like we're doing in all other facets of this country because it's bringing us to the point of mediocrity. And we do not need that. We need to be the best in the world and we're not going to get there. If we decide, hey, we're going to use all these DEI regulations, social justice regulations, that needs to go out the window. And uh, so this is just a small part of, of what I'm trying to do to make our military stronger, not weaker. Mm -hmm. And in terms of any sort of communications between you and you know anyone at the Pentagon, um, have you spoken with anyone about this, about this policy? Um, you know, if so, when was the last time that you spoke with anyone? Yeah, the last one was probably in July with the Secretary of Defense. I've had three calls from him. Uh, uh, there's been no negotiations. We need to change this back. Uh, you need to let us have our generals and admirals. And, and I continue to say, listen, there needs to be some dialogue. We need to work on this. Uh, uh, you're holding it up as much as I am because you changed the memo. I didn't, uh, but it's been very low. It should have been a lot more. Uh, I should have been called by the President of the United States. If he's so concerned about readiness, uh, if I was a leader of this country and a leader of the free world, you bet you I'd been on the phone calling, hey, get that senator on the phone. I want to talk to him. Uh, but it, it's really not that big a deal for them. 
you know, they could care less. Uh, they're more worried about Ukraine or worried about climate uh, control or climate change, whatever they want to call it. Uh, they're worried about uh, not having a border wall or, or, or turning our country over to criminals. Uh, they're not concerned about this. If they were, uh, they'd be in my office today wondering, hey, how can we fix this? And just in terms of what you're hearing from, you know, people back home and grassroots uh, grassroots conservatives, um, what are they telling you? What are you hearing um, about uh, these military holds? Uh, I'm, I'm, I've had almost 100 uh, percent positive reaction from everybody that I've seen and talked to. I traveled to six different states in the last four weeks talking about the farm bill. I'm on the Ag Committee also. Uh, but I, just one after another, people say, Coach, stand up for what you believe in and what we believe in. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, I, if you ask most people across this country, uh, especially in, in the areas that I cover uh, in the Southeast, ask what's the most important thing that we do as a federal government and the United, United States of America, they'd say military. Mm -hmm. They would say we need a strong uh, military that believes in the Constitution and what we do. And uh, that's kind of the people that I talk to. Again, I. Uh, I know I'm doing the right thing. And again, there's going to have to be some dialogue. I'm not going to change my mind unless they change this policy back the way it was and let's vote on it. And then if again, it passes, it passes, but they don't want to do it the right way. They want to do it their way, uh, the socialist way. And I'm not going to put up with it. Do you think that the DC bubble is out of touch with Republican voters on this issue? Well, I think there's a lot of people out of touch up here with reality about real life, about our country. And our country's in trouble. Uh, we're, in, we're in trouble in a lot of different ways. We're losing our identity as the uh, place to live in the world. I mean, you, you, we have a lot of people coming here for a better life across the border, but you can look at what's happening with countries like Russia and Brazil and, and South America, India, China, they're, they're creating their own uh, world around them called BRICS, uh, using their own currency. Uh, they're controlling uh, most of the oil in the world as we speak. Now, if you control the energy in this, in the, in, on the faith, all over the, the world that we live in, you control the world. And of course, Joe Biden and his administration, they believe in doing away with fossil fuels, and you can't do that. They know it, uh, we know it, but they're trying to pu pull some foolish trick to try to put us in a situation where we're beholding to Iran, Venezuela, Russia, all those other people that have, have oil, and uh, it's not going to work. Now, I just want to shift topics a little bit and discuss another hot topic, and that is Title IX, an issue that you are extremely passionate about. Uh, back in June, during a press briefing, EWTN's White House correspondent referenced one of your tweets about Title IX. Um, and more recently, as Fox News reported last week, the White House said that there is no yes or no answer when asked whether it is fair that transgender athletes take part in sports designed or, excuse me, designated for biological females. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, there's no yes or no answer. It's a no. Uh, you know, biological boys should not participate in sports against girls. I mean, uh, bottom line, I've worked in sports all my life. Uh, one of the few things and best things that's ever happened here in Washington, D.C. was in 1972 when they passed Title IX and made it equal for girls and boys in sports in terms of funding, facilities, coaches, and look at the growth of, of women's sports. It's been unbelievable. But now after 50 years, this administration want to tear Title IX up. They don't believe in genders. 
Uh, they don't believe in, in moral values. They're trying to transition little kids, uh, let them transition without telling their parents. Uh, this group have, has absolutely lost their mind. I mean, they're taking parents out of the equation of raising their kids. They want government to raise their kids. And that's not going to happen on my watch. Uh, you know, I'm going to fight it. Uh, you got a lot of other people who are going to fight it. I cannot believe that there's one Democrat, senator, or congressman that can look you in the eye and tell you that they're for this. They can't be because they've got daughters, they've got granddaughters, and you'd look for fairness in life. Uh, in this country, that's what we're about. We're about trust and fairness. Well, there's no fairness or trust in anything that has to do with transitioning biological boys to compete against girls. It's, it's, it's wrong, it's unfair, and it's unsafe. Well, Senator Tommy Tuberville, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on the show and hope you'll join us again soon in the future. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. And that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to my interview with Senator Tommy Tuberville. Make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great Thursday, and we'll be back with you all this afternoon for top news. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.